Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, the Supreme Court ruled five to four that Border Patrol agents are allowed to remove razor wire that was installed by Texas. So it continues. And Amy Coney Barrett and John Roberts, they sided with the Biden administration on this. Uh, This is why I always find it laughable when people uh, just have this euphoric response to a Republican uh, pick by a Republican to the Supreme Court because you never have any idea what these people are actually going to be or where they're going to go or how they're going to rule. And in the case of John Roberts, uh, when Roberts was picked, I remember this. I just kind of started paying attention to politics and I was just kind of starting out my career in radio. And mm-hmm. I remember when they picked Roberts, it was he's the greatest jurist that ever lived. He's going to be the chief justice of the Supreme Court for you know potentially 40 years. And this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And it is like judi- picking judges is just such a different animal and you have such a limited scope in many cases of where and how these judges are going to rule and john roberts has repeatedly cited uh with a very strong executive authority he oftentimes a la obamacare has had to just make up reasons to come up with his judicial philosophy and in this case you saw the three psychos uh, team up with with Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett, another mm-hmm. one who people just just were throwing babies up in the air and shooting confetti and uh, I mean fireworks, and it was like you people are likely on many things going to be very disappointed if you look at the actual you view the actual judicial record of many of these people, and when you have judges who believe in strong, uh, disgustingly strong executive authority. They're going to side that on the on the side of the president on much much more than they're not, and this mm-hmm. is what happened here. They said, "Hey, the doesn't matter that they're invading Texas. Doesn't matter that people of Texas have to deal with it. Doesn't matter that people are dying. It doesn't matter that you're letting fentanyl and uh, all sorts of dangerous drugs and potentially terrorists. Doesn't matter. Biden can do whatever Biden wants to do, and." Roberts and Coney Barrett put two collective middle fingers right in the face of Texas. (laughs) So uh, the, and I use air quotes, conservative Supreme Court just approved us to have open borders. And you can't necessarily say that we have a broken immigration system anymore. You have to just say that we have a broken government. But if you complain about this, Rob, the politicians are going to turn around and call you racist. And some people are saying, well, these uh, Supremes are just following the law and the lay of the land. But if that's the case, if federal supremacy over immigration law means sanctuary cities and blue states, if Donald Trump becomes president, can't they use that same argument when he wants to do mass deportations in 25? So it's going to go both ways. And here's one of the 
grave mistakes that the founders made, and in fairness, it's not their fault, because the founders, when they put the country together, had just gone through, uh, they'd lost lives, they had lost fortunes, they had lost families. The founding fathers could not anticipate someone who actually hated this country wanting to run the country. And if you look at all sorts of areas of where our country was set up, it was set up around the idea of good and decent people, noble people, doing what is right. Yeah, yeah, I know. right there. You I'm, might want to turn your phone off. I'm hey, getting, rookie mistake. How long you been at this job, Casey? I'm getting alerts You right know now. how I get when I get distracted. <laughs> uh, do you really want that? Um, they, they, were, they had anticipated this will be good and decent and noble people making our choices. And in many ways, they're right. The, the job of enforcing our borders... The commander in chief, of which I think that probably falls under that, mm-hmm. is the is the job of the president. But you have a person running this country who hates this country. Well, he's he doesn't know what he is anymore, but he is handled and run by people who hate this country, who have a vested interest. They don't care whether it's drug dealers or terrorists or whoever coming across that border. And the Supreme Court has just basically given a blank check to President Do Nothing to just continue to let millions of people every single year come into this country. Now, I assume Texas is going to try something else. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to throw up their hands and go, okay, you got us. <laughs> um, but Well, they tried, the conta- they tried the container wall. They tried the buoys. They tried the razor wire. And they just keep getting I, – I, they keep trying to withhold the sovereignty of this country. But it just keeps getting stopped at every turn. Think about if you had uh, – a string of break-ins on your street and maybe they haven't hit your house yet but it's like home alone the wet bandits right they're Mm -hmm. out and about and we gotta wouldn't you be doing everything in your power to catch those guys and prevent them from doing any more harm even if for no other reason even if you didn't actually care about your neighbors at all wouldn't you just on the fact that they're going to hit your house eventually. Mm-hmm. And you would, you know, neighborhood watch. Hey, Fred and Fred and George, you guys take it from midnight to 3 a.m. And then, you know, Earl and Ted, you guys take it from 3 to 6. And, you know, you got people walking around with flashlights. You got, you're calling the police. Hey, can you guys do extra patrols? You'd be doing everything in your power. Neighborhood watch program. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you have Biden who knows this is going on. And they're screwing over people who he likes, which is the sanctuary cities. And he still won't do anything about it, Casey. He still, even in his buddies, his neighbors are getting screwed. And he's like, well, didn't hit my house, so <laughs> what do I care? Doesn't matter to me. Well, here's Donald Trump, and he's saying that uh, he will seal the border and shut down the invasion. And we won. With your support, we will soon be taking the oath of office on the steps of the United States Capitol, and we're going to have a whole, we're going to have a whole different country. As soon as I lift my hand from the Bible as your 47th president, I will seal the border, shut down the invasion of millions and millions of people coming into our country, and we will start an energy revolution. We have more than anybody else. 
So, well, I was going to say, you know what's interesting is polling now, and I don't think it's every poll, but polling is showing that immigration has now overtaken inflation in terms of the number one issue for people in the country. Yeah, and that's the latest from the uh, Caps-Harris poll, and it has jumped up seven percentage points just in the last month. So it is a big concern to everybody. But as you mentioned before, um, Joe Biden, of course, he he, he's going to do something about it, right? Oh, Casey, you and your drugs. So the White House press secretary was asked about that. Is the president ever going to visit the border again before the election? And the answer was, well, you know, he's been there. Any plans to visit the southern border before the election? The president was in, visited the border recently. Recently. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was a year ago. He's been there. Um, in December 2023, there were 300,000 migrant encounters, which is the highest month ever on record. So how bad does the border crisis have to be for Biden to take a trip back? So just to reiterate what I just said seconds ago, the president has been to the border. He's visited the border. He saw for himself. He spoke to law enforcement. He saw exactly what goes on at the border. The president understands what's going on at the border, which is why he included in his national uh, security supplemental, right, which is, again, a request that is when, when you feel like there's an emergency, you make that supplemental request, which is what the president did. It included border security, included, uh, obviously, Ukraine and Israel. And it is incredibly important, which is why why he continues to push for it. If it's so important, why can't it stand on its own? It has to have money going to other countries as well. And, you know, Biden's first and only visit to the southern border was pretty quick, and it was over a year ago. Yeah, I mean, they doesn't want anything to do with it. He does not care. He went because he was forced to go. He has no interest in it whatsoever. The left is ecstatic at the amount of illegal immigrants flooding into this country. And again, the, the look, Trump is not going to change, okay? Trump is not going to be Scrooge and wake up and be visited by the ghosts of 10 normal people. uh, three normal politicians, past, present, and future, and suddenly just not be Trump. So the election is going to come down to how much crap are American citizens, specifically how much crap in the swing states of Arizona, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Nevada, New Mexico, Ohio, Wisconsin, maybe Minnesota, how much crap are you willing to eat Or are you willing to say Twitter doesn't count and Twitter doesn't matter? And what does matter is three three million people last year breaking the law and we have no idea who they are or what they want to do. What matters more? And now they're getting free health care in New York as well and California. And that idea will most likely just spread across the country. And we keep hearing that we're at uh, a point where a terrorist event is likely oh, sure. within the country. Isn't it amazing that there hasn't been one? It is pretty amazing, actually, when you think about it. Of all the people that have been on the terror watch list, have walked across the border. There was a reporter down there, and this reporter was asking a uh, uh, illegal migrant where they were from, and listen to this answer. By the way, if you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're gonna know who I am. Very easy. Wow, very easy. The, the entitlement, the entitlement. No, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Yeah. Wow. Soon, soon you will know who I am. In fairness, though, Casey, I've given that answer several times to people over the years. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I know who you are. You're Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. It's 93 WIBC. 
Good morning. 22 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the race for the New Hampshire Republican presidential primary appears to be Donald Trump's to lose. According to a new CNN poll, Trump is sitting at 50 percent support while Nikki Haley is sitting at 39 percent. What were those numbers again? 50 to 39. Yeah, that seems about right. I think most of the polls there's been as low as 17 and you've got it at 19. And so that'll really be I mean, look, she is not going to win New Hampshire. There's no way. Polling is sometimes off. It ain't off 19 points. And so the question will be, does Trump win this thing by 30? Does he win it by 10? Mm -hmm. Or does he win it kind of right on that 17 to 19 number? And if it is 10, is she going to just do the right thing and throw in the towel and be donezo? Or does she want to torture herself for another week or so? <laughs> well, she has rejected the idea that she must win in New Hampshire to continue on. Think, okay, so that, that, to me, says that she wants to keep going. Think about, so she would have the first two contests she would have not won. Think about in the, like, let's let's use that analogy with sports. The Buffalo Bills rejected that they must win the game against the Chiefs to keep playing in the playoffs. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's ridiculous, right? We're it, the champions. Yeah, it, it's just totally ridiculous. It's what, if, you, if she had won Iowa, okay, or she'd been very close in Iowa and then is very close in New Hampshire, okay, hey, you know, you've got the first two, but I'm right on you, and now I'm coming to my home state. Mm-hmm. She's going to get... She got boat raced in Iowa. She didn't even get second in Iowa. She lost Iowa to a guy who's not in the race anymore. And if she gets beat by ten or more here, mm-hmm. there's that. That's not close either. They're both they're both huge blowout wins. And I think uh, Donald Trump is really starting to lean on Tim Scott for more support in South Carolina. And like you mentioned, that's her home state. If she doesn't perform well there, game over. Well, I, I heard Tony talking about this yesterday, and he is, you know, I'm loathe to say anything nice about him, but he's, uh, <laughs> he really had a good take on this because um, the onus now becomes on the only Trumper to figure out how we're going to get Donald Trump across the finish line. Look, I'm going to be a Trump voter. I've said that from the beginning, and you don't have to convince me of anything, but I'm not the guy who was adamant that it had to be Trump. And I thought Tony had a great take on that, that now the only Trump person, the onus is on you. Don't come to me. Don't come to Tony. People who said, don't come to Casey, who said, hey, we think there's a better candidate out here. We think it's going to be, you know, much more palatable to the general public Mm -hmm. in a general election. You guys are the ones who wanted him. We're on board with voting for the guy, but it is your job to figure out how you seem to defy reality which is he's got a lot of fence mending a lot of bridge building to do and trump doesn't exactly have the bridge building type of personality well he's got to get those independent voters and he's got to get the suburban moms who have not been in his camp and they and they should be because the condition of the country is so bad and people like trump's policies but the question is will trump do the necessary things to get those people to put aside whatever reservations they they might have and pull the lever for Trump and he's going to have to figure that out and the only Trump people are going to have to figure that out because those you you who are hearing this I mean, there are many many who are hearing this who are only Trump people were adamant that it could only be Donald Trump mm-hmm. I don't know how to make that sell I don't know 
Apparently you do. I'm very happy to hear it because uh, we cannot have four more years of Biden. Please call the voicemail and let us know. 317-684-8444. What is uh, his game plan need to be? But here he is. Donald Trump says that he thinks that Biden is going to drop out of the race. Do you think Biden will drop out? Personally, mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. I think so. Well, you, you and Trump. Share this We've belief. got something in common. I huh? mean, you have you have said, and when it happens, you are going to be uh, just riding high, probably a parade around Monument Circle mm-hmm. on a camel of some sort or sure. something, uh, waving your flag of victory because you said many, many months ago that Biden will drop out before the convention. Now, you've mentioned many times that when it comes to polling, you're not paying any no. attention to any of them unless RFKJ is in the poll. That's correct. Well, guess what? Oh, this latest Caps Harris poll is out. It includes all three of them, and Trump beats Biden even with RFKJ in the poll. What's the What's the data? Is there information? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Trump leading Biden by seven points. Forty-seven to points. Forty-one with. No, that can't be right. With Ken, even with Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So what's Kennedy at? Does it say eighteen? Trump. That's not Casey. No, that here we go. Trump at forty-one, Biden at thirty-three, okay, Kennedy at eighteen. Okay, that's much better. Yeah. So that would be. I'm doing a public school math here. Okay, that's about ninety-six percent of the electorate. If Kennedy's at eighteen, that seems reasonable, and at this point, probably likely. It is Trump's to lose. I mean, this is the reality: is the election will be Trump's to lose if Trump can just simply focus on the stuff like the nuts and bolts like hey biden is pulling up fence at the border and keep the message on the substance and not let trump become what people vote on if people vote on trump he's gonna lose if people vote on the message he's gonna win if, if it's policy he wins if it's trump he loses and that is gonna involve trump putting his ego aside for a while <laughs> Anybody want to make a sizable wager on if Trump can put his ego aside for 10 months? I I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know what is going to happen. We're going to talk with Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capitol Chronicle. She's going to join us next on 93 WIBC. Ninety-three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. It's another week with the Indiana General Assembly, and to find out what those, uh, well, what those esteemed members of society are up to on your behalf, <laughs> let's head to one of the best reporters in the business. You know her from the Indiana Capital Chronicle. Find it at IndianaCapitalChronicle.com. Nikki Kelly joins us now. All right, Nikki. So there's some big drama going on over the fight for school choice and potentially overhauling the entire voucher system. This is fascinating what's going on. Yeah, instead of vouchers, they would basically just create a massive education savings account program, but it would be available for all kids in the state, whether you go to public school, private school, home school, every parent would be eligible to get this sort of set amount of money 7,500 kind of estimated that's base student funding for schools to use how they want for their educational needs. And so that's the proposal. They had a hearing knowing it's not going to move this year, but it sounds like that's going to be a big push for next year. So I think this is fascinating because unless you send your kid to a private school or you're accessing the voucher system to another public school or charter school, 
Many people have no idea how convoluted the formula actually is. I have a buddy who sends his kids to private school and and uses the voucher system. And he was telling me, like, you got to have a Ph.D. to figure this thing out. (laughs) Is that the goal to kind of simplify things? No, I don't think that's the goal. I think the goal is to just literally send the money to the parents for each child. Um, And you can use it for for anything. There are some states who have done this, and there have been some critiques that, you know, parents are spending it on PlayStations and trips to Disney World Mm -hmm. or World or, you know, as learning experiences. But also it's, you know, for instance, um, if you, you have a child in private school and you would get this, let's say you already have a kid in private school, you're already paying for that. Now you can get this $7,500 on top and you can cover their, their books and their book bags and their calculators and a computer and, you know, everything. And so there are some concerns about, A, how fast it would grow, what that means for the state budget. And B, how would you track this and make sure the spending is on appropriate things? So what's been the pushback from, I'm assuming, and this is dangerous to do, but I'll go ahead and do it, and you can tell me, no, Rob, that's very silly of you to have assumed this, that the public education advocates not exactly on board with this? Yeah, I mean, basically to them, this is just more money going to create separate educational systems instead of putting the money in the public education system to benefit all. And, and, and if you think about it right now, um, we have about 22,000 kids in private school who aren't on vouchers, okay? They would automatically be eligible for this. That's $150 million mm-hmm. a year right there. Right. That doesn't homeschool kids. And the way the bill's read, even if you're in public school, you can get up to 50%, and it's unclear Does that mean the school district only gets half the funding and the parents get the rest? Or is that an additional 50%? I mean, the cost could be astronomical. So that is a concern. So the private school voucher program, it grew by 30% last year, which was a big increase. So Mm -hmm. any any estimate what it would grow by if they do this this year, next year? No, I mean, like I said, those those numbers are the best I can give you is Mm -hmm. that if you're looking at how many kids we have currently in private school in the state, it's about 92,000. What are the uh, what, what are the odds, Nikki? Because we have seen this happen many times before with Republicans where they come up with some big idea and, hey, we're going forward with it. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of people in red shirts show up at the state house and then they go, oh, sorry, we didn't mean that. We were just playing around having fun. This seems like something that they're going to get halfway through and then they're going to stop in the mud when a bunch of red shirted people show up. There's no way they're actually going to get this through, is there? Yeah, I don't know. They did actually have a hearing on a bill similar to this last year. And we're already almost there fully on universal school choice for vouchers only. Um, a number of states have done it. So I, I would think it has a pretty good chance wow. they, they have that they really don't care what public education officials have to say. And like I said, I think the overall concern is, A, the money, and B, is, you know, we're, we're having, like, competing – um, education systems, charters, public traditional, private school, homeschool, mm-hmm. and whether we can fund all of that, whether that's feasible, and still retain some sort of quality for the public schools.
Uh, Nikki Kelly, our guest from the Indiana Capitol Chronicle, reviewing the week that has been at the Indiana General Assembly. All right, so Casey and I covered this bill at length, and it is this bill that has cleared the Senate that requires people to upload a driver's license in order to access adult websites on the Internet. Our take on it is, hey, look, you got to raise your kids. Your job is to raise your kids. And now it seems like this ultimate Uber privacy invasion you're down there at the state house. What's the what's the word on the street? Is this going to clear the house as well? Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're it's you know pretty much on board for this, wow. even though it's it's moving in several other states and some it's been blocked as a privacy issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the whole point of the opponents who have testified is that yes, you can protect the children, but you still have to remember that adults have a legal right to view this and you can't burden them in the way that you're trying to protect the kids. And so there's questions about, is it a burden? You know, you're update, you're uploading your license and people can use that and it can be nefarious and, or not even nefarious. It can be, you know, just accidental yeah. release of information and stuff. And so there are concerns on that range. The ACLU basically said, look, we're going to sue you if you do that. And, yeah. and I don't, and, and, and they, and I, the Republicans, um, Senator Bohacek, who's moving the bill basically said, that's okay. Sue us. There are some things we're fighting for. Well, this is what blows my mind. Uh, Nikki and Casey, I've talked about that a, a lot this week uh, and last week on one hand, it's, Hey, parental rights and it's parents job to parent the kids. But then when it doesn't suit them, they go, Hey, the government must step in, step in because you're too stupid to parent your kids. It's like, these guys, and they do this with, with local government stuff all the time, they refuse to ever just pick a lane. It's whatever lane suits them in the moment they're they're there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Affirmative. <laughs> hey, I know you're not on the commentary, but that just it just burns me that these guys are all, all whatever they want, whatever they want it. Um, hey, before we let you go, there's more drama with the Jim Banks, John Rust thing. I think this is hilarious at how Jim Banks is just obsessed with not letting this guy run for public office. What's going on? Yeah, there's an issue with John Rust residency mm-hmm. like what address he votes at and initially it was brought up in an ad and we didn't do much about it but um then john rust changed his address basically he was asked about it during a deposition he had been voting from his mom's address even though he lived in a in a house he calls in the woods he says it's a mile away and the only reason he's using that other address was because he doesn't get mail. He can't get mail at the other house, which I don't understand. But um, so now he says he's fixed it and it's all good. But that does raise some questions in Banks's mind about, you know, you've been voting at that address for several years and you didn't live there. Um so there's some concerns about that. It, but like, okay, so it's one thing like with Charlie White. He clearly wanted to stay on the Fisher City Council. That he was telling a fib about his address so he could stay on the on the council. But to run for U.S. Senate, you just got to live in the state. It's not like whether he was at that address or the house right next door to it. It's not like he was living in Illinois, right? No, no. I mean, he's clearly qualified to run. The question is whether he committed voter fraud uh-huh. in previous years by voting from an address that he didn't live at. Um, and so now he has corrected it. Ironically, he signed 
a petition for Eric Doden, a gubernatorial petition, Mm -hmm. and they rejected it because he had the old address that he doesn't live at. (laughs) (laughs) It is is interesting to me, though, and we talked about this a lot, about the bank's people, I mean, whether it's this lawsuit that, that, you know, to keep him off the ballot that Rust won in the the lower court, it's in front of the Supreme Court or this, these guys are obsessed with not having any competition on the ballot, and he's going to win easily. I don't get what the obsession is. If anything, it's free publicity for banks, but he is dead set, Nikita Bears, on not having competition. Yeah, he want, he wants to, you know, maybe he wants to be able to say that he was the clear favorite, you know, no one even dared challenge him kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, is there uh, any advantage to saying you're uncontested? I don't think so. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, Banks is going to win easily, but, you know, like I, I think I've said before that some people like to have an opponent you know they like to be in the fight and that's kind of the fun part of running so maybe maybe that's jim banks find her over at indianacapitalchronicle.com we basically just use your website as a template for our show now Mm -hmm. nikki and we give you guys full credit each time of course so thanks for doing all the work for us we appreciate you you're welcome thanks (laughs) thanks nikki it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc Really? All the Billy Joel songs, and that's what you came up with. It's nice and upbeat. Not Captain Jack. No, that's kind of a deep cut, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's our show. Yeah, that is a deeper cut. Yeah. Yeah. He went with a hit. He did. Of course. Something familiar. Playing it safe. WIBC turning into top 40 radio right before our eyes. (laughs) Come on, Kev, do better next time. Classic hits. It's uh, 10 minutes away from 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and there's a reason that Kevin selected a Billy Joel song as the bumper music, and that is because it has been announced that Billy Joel is set to release his first new music in decades. We already know the title of the song. It is going to be called Turn the Lights Back back on so it's the first time in what 30 years that this guy is releasing a new song and it's gonna gonna come out on february 1st all right so billy joel is 74 years old Mm -hmm. which seems about right that right it would have been right in the ballpark what's interesting about billy joel though unlike a guy like say bob seger who remember bob seger just disappeared for years and years and years yeah billy joel has still actively toured performed mm-hmm. you know he hasn't isn't like brian wilson with the beach boys where he just lived in a closet for years he just has for some reason i guess because it is so easy to just go out and play his 10 bajillion hits mm-hmm. he has just not produced any any new, new music new music he's got like this 10-year residency that he's been doing at Madison Square Garden yeah. it's like every other day you could go see Billy Joel it's in concert great. if you're in New York um and he said that he's considered releasing new music for a long time but he never felt like it was anything good enough and like there wasn't any progression with his work like it was just the same old same old and why release that But apparently with this new song called Turn the Lights Back On, which sounds like a Billy Joel title, uh, he feels like it's good enough and it's time to release it. So we can expect that within a matter of days. Yeah, the uh, look, and I'm sure I'm going to be in the minority here on this, but the pre-1983, what was the one 
the uptown girl mm-hmm. and the, the longest time yep. and i mean all that for christy brinkley i yeah. mean that t- stuff is just complete crap surprised you can go with that kevin but uh <laughs> the pre yeah what year was that it was 83 okay mm-hmm. so pre-83 billy joel stuff is just incredibly strong and uh you know, and hey, then what? After, everything after eighty three. Well, no I mean, good. look. I mean, I'm, as didn't usual, start the fire, women, women, town. women ruin everything, Casey, as usual, and they got <laughs> oh, wow. Billy Joel as well. <laughs> you got an issue you want to work he out went, right now? Went, he went from Captain Jack and You're My Home to mm-hmm. Uptown Girl and Longest Time. Yeah, he did. Uh, what the, he was went from the piano man to uh, a guy who was in love with a beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah. how'd that work out? Uh, not, yeah, not it so didn't. well. Well, uh-huh. I mean, they do have a child, so I guess he won in the long run, right? Well, well I mean, yeah, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> good grief. I just, isn't that the way it, think about how many great musical groups or acts have been undone mm-hmm. by women. The I Beatles. Mean, the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I mean, let's face it, it wasn't unlistenable until Yoko Ono got there. And then you got like Billy Joel, you've got Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. countless, ba- Paul McCartney married What's-Her-Face and they remember when they isolated her singing? Linda? Linda McCartney. She, yeah. Because her dad was the the camera guy, right? Mm-hmm. Kodak e- e- Eastman. Yeah. Linda Eastman. Yeah. Yeah. Wings. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, it is just a, a long line of very meaningful musical acts that were undone by women. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> no, I'm not speaking for all women everywhere. I think that uh, maybe I'm speaking for the emotional immaturity of men. <laughs> wait, what? Okay, so yeah, Billy because, Joel... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just turned that around back on you. Because he definitely... Look at Billy Joel, who <laughs> looks like a homeless guy, and then look at Christy <laughs> Brinkley. He definitely thought she was in it for love and that it was going to work out forever. <laughs> yeah, sure, Casey. Uh-huh, a love that will last a lifetime. <laughs> He's got a big heart. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, and a big wallet, too. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. He sold more than 150 million records worldwide. At this point, he really doesn't need to release any new music unless it's something that he's passionate about. Well, it is wild that, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're not talking about like, hey, it's been 10 years since a studio album. Right. You're talking 30 years. Yeah. I was 10 years old. Right. 1993, uh, River of Dreams. I was nine years old. Yeah. 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 So I I was nine years old the last time. Billy Joel put out new music. Now, Casey, Kevin, when you go to a concert and the artist says, this one's from my new album. Mm-hmm. You tune it out. What do That's you do? That's you go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it depends on how old the artist is. Like, if they're like Billy Joel and they're from the 80s. Are mm-hmm. you going to the bathroom? Um, yeah, if probably. He said, if he like said this is from my new album? You get a drink, probably. Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you leaving? That's the concession stand time. <laughs> exactly. Because you want to you hear the hits. And many people want it to sound exactly like it does on the recording. Now, now I've always thought, with a guy like Billy Joel... It's like, a, say, a Springsteen. Mm-hmm. The voice was not the central part to the music. It was the piano? The, it, yes, and the songwriting. Mm-hmm. And so you can mask. I mean, Billy Joel 74 can probably still get away with it, unlike if you were to... Heck, I don't know. I don't even know who. Some great singer from long ago, Casey. Some great singer from long ago. It is six minutes in front of 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.